Well, good morning and welcome again to another podcast, Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded. And I'm just getting uh, to the point where I don't want anything fancy. I just want to get to what I want to say. And uh, so I got no distractions on the screen. Well, years ago, uh, I want to say it was about 45 years ago. I was right around the age of 40. I uh, gave my life to the Lord. And reading the scriptures, I found the answer to salvation. It was through the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, I made the move and dedicated my life to the Lord, accepted him as my Savior, and it's been onward down the road, on uh, the Christian road. Well, I happen to be very fortunate when I came to the Lord. Uh, I was in a mainline denomination for many years. Back the first four, almost 40 years of my life. And uh, I was just following uh, the church beliefs. Even though I was not very active in the church, I uh, was brought up uh, in all the sacraments and, and everything that the church taught. But uh, it just wasn't real to me. I can remember as a kid going to... The movies, and I used to love these movies, uh, uh, like where the Romans were fighting and, and the Christians were being thrown to the lions. And and uh, I just thought to myself, boy, would, would that be great to be a Christian? I knew deep down in my heart uh, I was going to what we call a Christian church, but uh, I was not a Christian. Uh, in fact, by no means I was a Christian. I was really deep in sin. Not going to elaborate on that because I don't like to glorify my sins. But as I was growing up, there was something missing in my life. I didn't know what it was at the time. But when I became a Christian, when I truly gave my life to the Lord, I started meeting with a group of Christians. Now, there wasn't very many of us, uh, just a handful of Christians. And we would gather in a home for Bible studies. And we would also celebrate uh, the Lord's table. And we would remember the Lord. We would partake of the bread and the cup, and uh, we call communion. And, uh, but the brothers would talk about the Lord and, and they would read scripture. Now, I was not uh, a very educated man. I could barely read back then. But when I gave my life to the Lord, I started reading the Bible, and I really got into what the Bible had to say. Well, I've been going through a lot of old writings lately, and I've been 
publishing on my YouTube channel. And it's, it's basically audio books, audio articles from the past, from well-known Christians that were uh, very good at teaching and authoring books. Well, I went through a three-part series articles on the church, and this is what I've been saying for years, but I'd like to share something with you here. Let me just pull it up on the screen here. There it is. This is the first part of the article by David Kurt, and it's on the church. And I'm going to scroll down here. I want to find these reasons. Uh, let us listen to four different answers to the question, what is the church? And if you ask anybody what the church is, you probably get one of these four answers. i got to have a drink of coffee first here. Good coffee in the morning. Well, if you answer and say, what is the church? You might get an answer. Well, I belong to the Roman Catholic Church, uh, cried one. He sees it as a system. Or he may say, I live near my church, uh, saying the second. He sees it as a building. Now, so many times we get ready on a Sunday morning and we say, well, we're going to church like we're going to a place and that's not what the church is or third you might get an answer yesterday i attended a, a church in a schoolhouse uh in uh, you know you think about somebody saying something like this it seems as if they're going to a service uh, like they're going to attend the church service, uh, no matter where it's held, uh, whether it's in a house, a building, or whatever. And that's not really what the church is. Or the last reason, the fourth reason, I am a member of a Lutheran church or a Presbyterian or a Congregationalist or whatever kind of church you want to say, a Baptist church. Uh, so he sees it as a denomination. Now, the, that's probably the biggest answer. They see it as a denomination. Well, that's not the church either. So we have these four things, a system, a building, a service, or a denomination, and none of them, none of them are the church. So what is the church? Well, as you see in the very beginning of this this slide on the screen, you see the church, a group of people. And that's really what the church is. It is made up of uh, people. And the people are the church. So we could go to a, say, a, uh, a chapel, uh, where the church gathers, and that's really a good, solid statement. Well, let's look a little further at this article. Uh, I think there was something else that I seen in here. 
Okay, there. if you look through the scriptures uh, and you look at the word a church, in the original Greek, it's ecclesiasa, uh, and that's translated church in many places in the Bible. So it says in the King James Version Bible, it's called three times in the authorized version. Uh, uh, it's called ecclesia, church. Now, is that translated right? Well, you have to determine that. If you look in Acts 19, the word is used as a guide of a silver craftsman, and it is called an assembly. Uh, now, this is not uh, uh, a uh, church, what we would call a spiritual, in the spiritual aspect. Well, in verses uh, 32, 39, and 41, these men were called together by their leader, Demetrius, and although called uh, an un unlawful at first, it is uh, constituted ecclesia and assembly. Since the word is comprised of two words, ek, which means out, and classo, which is called, to call. So to call out is really what it means. That uh, formed an assembly of silversmiths. So considering, you know, uh, the, uh, I can't pronounce this word, uh, the word has no mystical meaning though. It's not, uh, anything special. It's just an assembly is all it is. Now, in another instance, in Acts 7.38, the word is used uh, of Israel. Uh, Stephen's recounted the history of the people and called them the church in the wilderness. Uh, God has called out a nation from among the other nations so once again, we have clear demonstration what the word ecclesia means. It means called out ones, or ones called out. Now when a town clerk in Ephesus admonished Demetrius for the unlawful assembly that they were having that day, he protested that the apostles again against whom the silversmiths had a grievance were not robbers of the churches. He, here, the word is Hesron. Hesron, meaning a temple. So, you know, we have all these different words uh, that uh, the word is translated, uh, and it's not uh, what the world calls the church today. You know, they say that languages change. I'm gonna just close this off here. Languages change throughout the years. And uh, what happens is uh, we get the wrong impression or the wrong meaning of a word. 
So when you think of a church, according to scripture, it really is uh, people that are called out. Called out, uh, called out of what? Well, we are citizens, as I name my podcast, Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded. We are people that are not of the earth. That's what a Christian is. A Christian is a called out one, called out of the world to be separated. The Lord said, be separated, said the Lord. Uh, we're not to um, join an organization or what we would call a church today. We are to gather together as Christians, and it doesn't make any difference where you gather. The early church... Uh, met in homes and there's a lot of churches i should say a lot of people uh that belong to the church that are the body of christ that meet in homes or other places when i first became a christian i started meeting in a home well as the group got bigger it was getting harder and harder to meet in a home because the home wasn't big enough. So we started meeting uh, above the American Legion. There was an empty room up there and we rented it. And it was, we call it the upper room, which is very biblical because that's exactly the way the early church met in an upper room on the day of Pentecost. And they were all gathered together when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they uh, they were the church. They didn't uh, go to a church. Uh, they didn't go to a building, or an organization, or they just gathered as a group of believers, and this made up the church. And you find that in the Book of Acts, and throughout the epistles. Well. We started meeting in the upper room um, of the Legion, and as we were growing, uh, we decided that maybe we should build a building. So we started a building fund. Now, pretty well everyone was in agreement. Uh, there was a few that said, well, we shouldn't go into debt, and I agreed, we shouldn't. But there was an organization called the Stewart Foundation, and we actually bought most of the material, and uh, we bought the property, and we paid cash for all this. But as we built the building, uh, the, uh, the material for the building was kind of costly, so we had to... Uh, uh, get some finances through the, uh, the Stewart Foundation. Well, to make a long story short, we built the building, and within five years, we were debt-free. And that's the same building that we still meet in today. Now, on a Sunday morning, do I get up and go to church? No. I get up in the morning on a Sunday morning, and I go to the chapel, the building that we built, and I gather there with the rest of the church.
and I am a member of the church. Now, doing all these podcasts and, and all these articles that I put out on the internet, I have people that reply, and I'm on many different platforms. Uh, I'm on Bitchu, and I used to be on Rumble, but I'm not on Rumble anymore. I'm on uh, Spotify. Uh, I'm on YouTube, and I'm on YouTube, and, and, well, anyway, I get a lot of replies from people from all different denominations and walks of life, and I try to explain to them what the church is, uh, and uh, I just encourage them to... Uh, Find believers that meet around the Lord and making the Lord the head of the church as he truly is. Uh, yes, we have elders, but we look for direction from the Lord through his word on all the decisions that we make in, in the chapel. Uh, and we have what we call a church meeting where the church, everybody in the church gets together and we talk about different things. But we have five elders. It doesn't make a difference how many elders you have. It's those that uh, aspire to be an elder and have all the qualifications and they're all laid out in scripture. Well, when you try to meet the way the church, the people are to meet, uh, and you organize the organization of the church. Now there could be a number of different churches in a location because if the church grows, it can split and become two assemblies, called out ones, uh, and uh, it would still be biblical. Now, if you're in a small community and you have two or three groups that are gathering, uh, I think this is wrong. If there's not that many people, I believe that the, those that are true Christians should be joined together. Now, there are locations where their population is very heavy and there's a lot of people and there's a lot of uh, what we would call uh, gatherings of Christians. Uh, so now you would have the church, the people in different areas of one location. Now I can understand that. Like if you go up say to Minneapolis, there's different assemblies up there of, of believers. Or if you go to Chicago or New York or some big city, you're gonna find that there's uh, multiple gatherings. Now, when I'd like to call, and I and I agree 
with uh, David Kurt, who wrote this article, he even says this too, that uh, we are just brotherings, and that includes sisters too. But we are like in the 1800s when the brethren movement started. And I, I use this very sparingly. But we are, and I'm saying use a small b, not a big b. We don't want to put a name on something because then you start getting divisions into denominations. Like some are called Catholics, Romans, uh, or, or, or uh, Lutherans, uh, Presbyterians, Congregationalists, Baptists. Uh, there's so many different names that people use their denominations. As soon as you do that, you're causing division. So that's kind of my take on the church. I don't want to, you know, just keep going on and on. But to my listening audience, to those that uh, watch my videos, my podcast, to answer any questions about where you should meet or how you should do church. <laughs> and there's so many people that are playing church. We are not to meet with non-believers. The church is made up of true believers. Now there are those that will profess to believe and join these groups of people that are the true church. So you're going to have to really be careful. We have to be discerning. And that's how false doctrines creep in. Or if you read Acts 20, it tells you how grievous worlds came in among the flock, pretending to be sheep. And they led people astray. They brought in false doctrines. In fact, I'm going to see if I can find that before I close here. I just want to, I know it's in Acts 20. Acts 20. Okay. Yeah, it says here, Take careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Oh, I hit, I must have hit a button here or something. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I set my Bible down and I set it on a key. <laughs> I apologize. Well, you heard the, heard the verse. So anyway, we are to be careful. And Paul was speaking to the uh, Ephesian elders when he said that. And uh, he was getting ready to depart from them. And uh, he wasn't going to be with them much longer. Yeah, so, you know, he explains, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things 
to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Remember that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I uh, commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among those whom are sanctified. And sanctified means called out, separated. When you're sanctified, you're set apart. That's all that means. It doesn't mean anything special, except that it means that you are part of the church. You are called out, called out from the world, called out from all these denominations, called out from, from all the things that are called a church. And you gather among those that are true believers in that you uh, belong in the right place. And you're going to grow because if you get into the right uh, crowd, uh, the, the people that are truly believers, you're going to find that God has given gifts to the church. And those gifts are used to edify and to build up the church. And that's what's going to bring true growth to a church. Not only growing spiritually, but growing in numbers, because you're going to want to get the people that are unsaved, that are not Christians, to become a Christian and then gather with you, and they will grow, and they will do the same thing. It's a domino effect, and that's what God wants. We are church builders. We have been given this great commission to go out into all the world. Now we're in a group of people that are believers and the world is separated. Now we are to go into the world and preach the gospel, share the good news about Jesus Christ. But the church is for the believers only, not for the world. We don't bring the world into the church. We go to the world. It's just the opposite. Well, that's my my advice for you today, and that's my podcast. So with that said, I'm just going to fade out of here. Bye for now. Lord bless.